Welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast, IB Sports Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the head of the table, Chief Keith Fleming. With me, as always, the uh, Kofi Kingston and Big E to my Xavier Woods, Sam the Shooter Howe, Ravishing Ronnell Tinsley. What's going on, guys? I'm doing quite well, baby. <laughs> uh, I am doing quite well as well. Um, just uh, just enjoying. Uh, it's a beautiful summer out here in LA. I was about to be really disappointed if we didn't get some kind of weather report, which we, we've, we've come to know. Uh, before we start this podcast, just want to remind everyone about the IB Sports Podcast Network. Um, not only can you find the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on there, the uh, very new and just a podcast I love. Uh, Do you have a minute, fam, with Alan and RC? It's all about the group. It's all about sports. It's all about entertainment. Everything great about the groups in it. They hammered me this week for my fandom for the Atlanta Hawks the last few weeks. I think RC compared me to the drunk guy on New Year's. You're damn right, man. Just like that guy on New Year's, I'm not used to having my team in it, in the mix. Of course, I was going to be obnoxious. It was great. I don't take anything back. Uh, but it really is. You should you should check it out. Uh, me and Alan are getting ready to ramp back up the weekly gambling podcast. We're actually going to change the format up a little bit. And then me and Joe Matz, the weekly daily fantasy football podcast is right around the corner. We are going to record this weekend the first of several preview podcasts we're going to do where, yes, we do mostly daily fantasy during the regular season. However, we're going to basically do on some stuff that's going to help you with your draft uh, and your fantasy leagues, which we know those drafts are coming up right around the corner. So be sure to uh, follow, like, rate, review the Ivy Sports Podcast Network that is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. So we're going to move right into Off the Top. Monday Night Raw drew its lowest rating in its history on the USA Network, it drew a 1.472 million viewers. The lowest total before that was 1.526 million. That was December of 2020. I don't think anybody is denying that Raw has been bad. I mean, that's the nicest way I can put it. I don't want to be too negative on this show. I also, though, do want to say that I don't get too caught up in these numbers because at the end of the day, I don't really believe that they're at a point that it's going to matter. And I I say that because USA Network is still have one of the highest rated cable shows on television week in, week, week out. The demographic is still the demographic that everybody wants is, you know, those uh, I think it's what is it like 17 to, to 45 or 18 to 34. There you go, 18 to 34. Um, I wish it would, but I just don't see a lot changing from it. And let's be honest, the the only thing that's going to really change probably the week-to-week, you know, average just show that they're putting on is going to be money. And I'm worried that this is not, you know, yes, it it obviously gets people to look at articles and stuff, but at the end of the day, this isn't really going to do anything I mean, did anything about this number surprise you or does it make you believe in any way it's going to change anything? No. And actually, one of the things that RC put this up in the group and 
uh, probably contradicting myself because I think I've talked about this before, but one thing that I think that gets lost in this is that no one knows enough. Like I, you can't, these numbers are in a vacuum. Uh, comparing, they're still the best numbers of any wrestling on cable. They are, and we would need to compare them using, yes, they are bad when you consider that 10 years ago, they had 4 million people and yada, yada, yada. But we need to look at the attrition rate of other shows like this. You need to look at the comparisons of what are they doing compared to cable ratings. This isn't the days of MASH when 70 million people would, you know, watch any television program or whatever it might be. It's not even the days of the Attitude Era where 10 million right. people and I, you know, so I, I think that I don't know enough. I know that the WWE will panic and we'll hear about it. But for now, it just seems like it's the natural cost of doing business in the era of streaming and a balkanized television lineup. Yeah, that's exactly what I was feeling, because one of the things that um, a lot of AEW enthusiasts will quickly show when you can say marks talk about the yes when they want to talk about the um, ratings from the Wednesday night numbers pardon me is that a lot of AEW's uh, followers are streaming they're they're watching this uh, follow-up or even like me I'm not even watching live so I don't even know if DVR um, counts towards and, and we're using the outdated Nielsen race rating system which you know, I can only imagine it only goes to but so many cable providers and there's so many people who are also providing content and like Sam said, providing streaming. Well, one thing the the AEW thing does touch on, I know that DVR, it, there's like a plus three and a plus seven in terms of like, so they within three days and then seven days. One thing I want to touch on with AEW, which is because again, like we're all wrestling fans. Uh, the AEW thing is that AEW, very successful being a national promotion that'll probably turn a profit in its third year, but they haven't grown their audience. They're doing the same ratings that they were doing in 2019. Marginally better, marginally worse. And that's something that like is fine in the short term, but at a certain point, you know, we're going to get to year five and you're going to say, you know, if you're not growing your audience, how are you successful? Especially when they're getting around to, you could argue, water down their product by having it on multiple nights on, you know, multiple networks. And it's going to be interesting. Is that going to get, you know, ultimately more eyeballs or mean, you know, less all about eyeballs for one show to the other. And some more fun news. WWE announced, and I really am excited to hear this, that they're going to be doing a two venue taping for Friday Night Smackdown partnering with. And remember, guys, I'm old, so I don't really know what this is, but the Rolling Loud Festival on July 23rd in Miami, Florida. They're going to share the stage with Travis Scott, ASAP Rocky, Post Malone. It'll have matches there. They'll finish the show from the Rockage Mortgage Arena in Cleveland. I know that Sam has talked about glowingly, you know, enjoying the days in WCW where they would take chances and have, you know, live shows from Spring Break or, you know, where, Club La Vila, wherever it may be. I think this is, again, and hopefully it's going to lead to more stuff like this, especially coming out of a year where, I mean, let's be honest, like wrestling needs fans and that live atmosphere that's been proven, more events like this. And I just really do give WWE a lot of credit for taking a chance like this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I would actually like to tip my cap to WWE for also taking a chance because uh, as a black wrestling fan, um, 
when you look at the live crowds, there isn't as many, you know, minorities in the crowds. And I think using this platform would be a good way to get some of the, you know, especially some of the younger generation who love guys like Post Malone and ASAP Rocky to maybe give it a shot at the very least. I mean, I know that Bad Bunny um, using him earlier in the year had to do a great thing just to attract the younger crowd. Now, let's so, be honest, the celebrities and stuff, right, are mostly from uh, the kind of music industry and they are people of color. And, and I mean, WWE eats that shit up anyway. Uh, so they should be targeting to that. I mean, the, one of the main reasons Ric Flair has lived on uh, is because rappers keep talking about him in rap songs, which is just amazing. The the other thing, I'm, I'm a big uh, proponent of this, as you said. I like that, you know, AEW's done a great job of it. I also really like from the perspective of the, I, is having celebrities on your show only works if what you're advertising is good. The only reason why Mike Tyson was such a big deal Very good was point. Like, because people came in and wanted to watch what they showed. So the idea is, is that you get eyeballs on a really hot version of your product. So you had Mike Tyson on when Austin was just white hot. Uh, you have Dennis Rodman on WCW when they were at their peak. It's a- it, Andy and, Kaufman back in the day, right? Exactly. I, I think that it's a great, and especially for SmackDown, which has been doing really good work. Uh, I am curious about who they'll have on there, but I'm excited for it. I'm wondering, like, I'm assuming you would have to throw some of your bigger guns. I have a feeling Roman Reigns would be involved in something uh, in this, you would think. I think think Bianca Belair would fit here well as well. Yeah, Sasha. Bianca, maybe. uh, Oh, God, it would be great if Sasha was, you know, cleared from injury. Connections with Snoop. uh, Maybe the biggest story in wrestling this week. Actually, I shouldn't say maybe. It is Malachi Black, formerly. Alistair Black, he made his debut on AEW Dynamite Wednesday night, attacking Arn Anderson and Cody. I want to give Arn Anderson the bump of the week. Like, he took the kick from Alistair Black. Like, I mean, it looked like Arn Anderson had been dying to take a bump uh, because it, it really was so well done. I also want to give them credit for the way they flickered the lights earlier and everybody, including the announcing crew, played it off as just some mistake. Uh, I thought it was a great job of kind of foreshadowing uh, a spoiler of what was to come, but this was a big moment. Um, And again, this is the things that AEW, in my opinion, always gets really right is, okay, we're just getting back to live shows. This is kind of a big deal. And, you know, they bring somebody on. Of course, the other big part of this news was apparently there was a clerical error that was the reason he could be available 30 days after and not 90 days. I'm actually more along the lines of what RC saying that I don't really think WWE cared. They proved that by the fact that they made the clerical error in the first place, but I think this is a good signing and, and to the people. And again, I sometimes am harsh on AEW. I think rightfully so, but for the people claiming, you know, they're just WWE rejects. No, they're not like most of the guys they've been signing recently are guys that, you know, yes, they never got over really big on the main roster, maybe with the exception of Rusev, and I guess if you want to say Ambrose, but they were very talented young people that if we're being honest, if AEW had been around for even just the last 15 years, there's a good chance a lot of these guys would have got signed with AEW in the first place and never been in WWE. So 
uh, I'm with you. If they start bringing over everybody, especially some of the older, more established guys, I have more of a problem with the Matt Hardys of the world than I do with, with guys like Aleister Black or as now he's going by Malachi Black. What did you guys think of this moment and just him joining AEW? I was uh, very pleasantly surprised. Um, I still have to learn how to say off the internet on days of wrestling, especially if I don't want to be surprised, but whatever, it's my own fault. Um, so they did spoil it. I didn't know this. Yeah. Oh, the group, the group will spoil a lot it, just from my normal scrolling because it shows up in my feed so much. Oh, you're talking about it, after the event. I'm sorry. I got you. Cause you're watching yeah. it. Taped. I got you. But it, it's quite, it's quite okay. Um, I, it's still, I still had the great anticipation of watching it and it was perfectly executed. And like you said, you know, guys like Alistair Black, um, Rusev, you know, yeah, we could say they were given a semi-fair shake, but were they? Um, just from what I'm seeing, especially with Miro, he seems to be just having so much fun. And he was doing that even before he got a title put on. Andrade already looks more important. Andrade looked fabulous this past week against Matt Seidel. I love the black mask uh, get up coming out to the ring. So I'm going to be the guy who shits in the punch bowl. Um, (laughs) Somewhat. I, I, uh, the the so I'm just gonna run through this because there are three bullet points. I actually did have it kind of spoiled because um, the AEW announced somebody was debuting. As for the clerical error, I yeah. I mean, I also think that the WWE is you know those you can't have a non compete clause for an independent contractor. It's illegal. Right. Anybody who's challenged that ADR has done it. Uh, Punk's done it. Uh, but the the question i'm gonna ask the question rc asked i think it's a good one whose spot does malachi black take where does he fit in because the nightmare family factory storyline has felt really siloed off like it feels very separated from the rest of aew and i said this again in the group today is that we've talked about how the like wwe like we think that they intentionally cool people off to make them feel less special uh, like AEW is not doing it on purpose. And the only guy who really feels special to me right now and not on the level of Roman Reigns, but who who's, feels like it's going to be a really big deal when he wins is Adam Page, Hangman Page. I mean, I disagree a little bit only because I get what you're saying about big stars, but I think AEW is kind of purposely only having a couple of big names at a time because it doesn't get too crowded at the top. We look at just what they've done with Miro where – you know, we were all wondering what the hell is going on. He all of a sudden wins the, you know, TV title and now he's, you know, made to be a big deal. It seems like they're building him up. They did the same thing with Omega where they kind of just had him in waiting and then, you know, he's champion. Hangman. Do what? Omega doesn't feel. I would argue though that Omega was never going to feel like a big deal. I mean, so again, I, I know we disagree with that, but I'm just saying that that's my argument to that. I just, I do believe that why would you not want to get these talented people? I, I understand what oh, you're saying. That I, no, I agree with you 100%. And I think that the argument, I've seen some hyperbolic stuff about people being like, oh, you know, like this is going to be like, you know, Miro. And I can't remember who it was, but it's like the, uh, the I think it was Miro, Alice, uh, Malachi Black and Andrade were like Steve Austin, Triple H and Foley. Okay, now let's not get here. Yeah, that was pretty right. yeah. <laughs> and, and But... I think that this, like, no, I'm with you guys. Like, signing Mark Henry, signing the big show, signing, you know, Christian Cage, 
I'm a big fan of Christian Cage. I'm a big fan of Matt Hardy, but it's not 1999 anymore. Well, and that feels like WWE to, to me more than than these other guys that are younger, and there's still so much more surface to kind of scratch. We we don't know what their ceilings are, and and again, it may be something where he doesn't work out, and he ends up not being a big deal, but. He's a young, talented guy that I think most wrestling fans who watched him in NXT were a little disappointed when the way he was used on the main roster. And he's at least getting another chance. I'm not saying that he's going to be pushed any more in AEW than he was in WWE, but he at least gets another chance. And it's, you know, not something where he's, no offense, competing against, you know, the Randy Ortons and, you know, all these guys that are big established, AJ Styles, you know, that it's just more than likely they're not going to go over uh, it's just more likely. So, I mean, either way, it was a great moment for wrestling. We need those. I'll get to my wrestler on the rise, who I think the real winner was there. And then finally, for off the top, before we get into the superlatives, Keith Lee tweeted, and I want you guys to help me break this down because uh, for the most part, just look at it what it is, but it, it's still a little weird. So he, he tweeted a picture of him holding both NXT titles. It was one year ago today. He said, many of you are reminding me of this day one year ago. So much has happened since it seems so long ago. I didn't know he was wrong until just now. Patience, my friends. There is zero quitting me. So don't, and he has you in capital letters, Y-O-U. Don't you quit on me. I miss you and I love you. What in the world was this tweet supposed to be? I really don't know. Um, it's hard to make speculation because, you know, I'm not going to be the type to be clamoring to, oh, well, what's going on? What's your health status? What's this? What's that? Only thing I can just figure is that he is just as frustrated as we are uh, in the process of trying to get cleared to get back in the ring. Yeah, it, I, I'm sort of of the opinion that it's all very confusing to me. I think that I, I just read a book about the Benoit tragedy that has made me extremely cynical about the WWE. Uh, I mean, extremely. Uh, but my take on this is that, you know, that there's not like an altruistic reason why he wouldn't be there if he wasn't cleared, but it just feels weird that we've not heard anything about Keith Lee. Like I, I, there's no rumor. It's like, well, maybe he's getting cleared. Like, there's usually something. He and had I to get the okay to, to send this, right? Or you would think, or he's in bad terms with WWE. Uh, I think that, I mean, I... So again, it's saying, oh, this whole thing just is confusing when you really look at it. The whole, yeah. I love you and I miss you, you know, like it's both but... optimistic, but also almost like a, you know, who knows when I'll be back. Uh, it just, to me at this point, it would make sense for WWE to make some kind of statement. This is where sometimes I think they drop the ball from a, a PR you know, standpoint and just some of the stuff that they can do or that they really haven't done, you know, free agents trading, you know, the stuff that you have guys on ESPN talk about that, you know, get paid to carry two cell phones and, you know, rumors are saying this or, you know, an injury report or just give us something because I think if they did, there wouldn't be so many questions and so many doubts and, uh, I would be the first to admit I was one of the ones that I think I was quoted as saying they can't miss with Keith Lee. Right now they have missed with Keith Lee. So eating some crow there, I just hope that this leads to something and it's not a case where he was tweeting without WWE's permission and it's something that could just get him in more trouble. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on that before we get into the spros? 
I don't, so, uh, Ronella, I didn't mean to cut you off if I did, but I, I was just looking at it. I don't see how he could get in trouble. I mean, it really just sounds like, I, it sounds like a very generic, I'll be back. I miss you. I love you. Remember, yeah, I'm still around. Fall on the anniversary. Yeah. You know, just, to, uh, I also think it's interesting that, did you see he changed his name to Optimistic? Yes. Uh, again, it just, there's just a lot of stuff. Uh, but again, he survived all the cuts. So, I mean, they've obviously got plans for him, right? We've seen a lot of I mean, they have pretty to. big names. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on to the superlatives of the week, and I kind of cheated right off the top. So I'm going to, I'll go first. For the wrestler on the rise, it's live events and wrestling crowds. The moment with Malachi Black just reminded us how bad we need the fans and we need that live reaction. Hearing the, you know, like the, oh shit, like, you know, that's Malachi or Alistair Black. And then, you know, just that noise and energy and you can, you can just feed off of it. And I really felt it carried over into the Young Bucks tag team match. And, and that was a lot of the, the hatred towards them at the end of the match, which the Hill Heat was impressive. Um, we just really have needed crowds. I mean, we knew this, this is not news. I know I'm not saying anything that somebody doesn't already know, but it just, it took literally the first AEW crowd, you know, real crowd show back to be like, okay, like it's why I'm confident wrestling's about to hit kind of this renaissance or, you know, this rebirth where everything's going to seem a little better with that crowd because they're so vital. Uh, I think we've all said during the beginning of the pandemic, that it was just weird watching wrestling. It was flat out weird. We got used to it uh, over the last year We've had some weird moments with piping and sound and, you know, having employees practically be the only fans there doing this is awesome chance. I mean, we've, we've had some moments and it's good to just have actual people there reacting. And if they give us moments like they did on Wednesday, it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. And I'll be feeding a little bit more into that uh, as we go on. But um, my wrestler on the rise is Jinder Mahal. Uh, even in losing by a disqualification to uh, Drew McIntyre, at the very least, it does appear that this is going to be the program that Drew will be in at least uh, following Money in the Bank. And, you know, big ups for Jinder finally getting himself back into the, back onto the main shows. and getting a name for himself and know what a great storyline to do it with than an old tag team partner. Jinder looks like a million bucks. I, I would, part of me would love Drew to turn heel and join with Jinder and just kind of be this, this two man badass group. We know the tag team division needs help. Take a kind of a page out of AEW where if we don't have anything for Drew, you know, in the title picture for a while, let him go do something else. And then, you know, to your point, Ron, I'll eventually, you know, put them together, eventually split them up. You got a few down the road. Uh, well, as long as we're going to do this, might as well bring Heath Slater back. Yeah, let's do it. I'm a one-man band. Get him the, <laughs> I got uh, kids. Get him the <laughs> like, whatever super soldier serum that they gave Drew. And, uh, my wrestler on the rise is Adam Cole, who I thought had an amazing match. And I thought, just a really good match. I thought that he, you know, and coming out on top, wins and losses do matter, folks. He needed it. And I thought that I actually thought O'Reilly needed him more. I was kind of surprised, uh, you know, that that he lost, but I thought that it was big for Cole. So, and I was happy for him. 
Cole Sealand, though, we agree, right, is higher than O'Reilly's. No? no. I, I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, they have to go through the, at this point, they still have to go through the point of building up uh, Kyle O'Reilly, the singles wrestler, before, you know, that's Adam Cole Sealand. I just think, you know, we're both in agreement. It, it, I think Cole needed the win. Um, the wrestler on the slide, Ron L., I'm kind of in agreement with you. Who you got? I got Candice LeRae. And for multiple reasons, I mean, not only did she lose the tag team titles, but it got me to thinking that, like, you know, her and Indy are still considered uh, heels, whereas it looks like right now Johnny and uh, Austin Theory, who I recently learned actually I share a birthday with, um, are looking like faces, at least at the very least, with against Karrion Cross, they're appearing very face-like. So... Where is Candice LeRae going to go now that uh, Indy is likely going to be leaving her for uh, Dexter Loomis? Um, mine was Karrion Cross, just because I wanted a chance to shit on Karrion Cross, um, <laughs> who might be very well be the most, like, least enjoyable NXT champion ever. I um, actually wanted, I had that written down in my notes. I can't name a, a person who's champ that at least if you want to say least interesting champion, I think that's definitely fair. Right. And, and I'm sure somebody's so uh, Drew is not hugely interesting. That was not his fault because he just wasn't champ that long. Uh, Bobby Roode was not that interesting. Belief. Um, hey, no, 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 no. Oh, I loved it, but yeah, I, I'm going to be like, but that was actually where I was going to go to is that, Bo Dallas is great as NXT champion. People, people are gonna be like, "Wow, really?" Like it was a small time gimmick, and it wouldn't, and it didn't work on the main roster. But it was for the people who watched NXT, it was a perfect gimmick. And see, I was also thinking about that because, from the looks of things, it looks like you know Carrion may be making his way to the main roster. And quite honestly, based on what you guys were just saying, he's one of the least exciting prospects to hit the main roster because his size will not factor in as much to his menacing presence you know he's just going to be uh, another dude yeah i get it you know he's what 275 and you know far be it from me as a guy who's only about 170 myself to say anything but hey, if guys on wrestling podcast can't talk about wrestling figure we're in trouble okay like we're gonna we're gonna act like we've taken a bump we're gonna act like we lift weights that's okay ronnell <laughs> but no, but seriously, though, um, it, it, I am very nervous about what his future is going to be. I mean, yeah, the guy's got the look or whatever, but I don't know if this character will be the one that can uh, really cross over to the main roster. Well, I think Garcia said it best when he said, if, if you're relying on a, you know, a female and an entrance, you mm -hmm. don't have, you don't have much of a character to begin with. And the more I thought about that, I'm like, that's that's a. He's spot on. It's a pretty tough point to argue. All he needs is a finisher. Randy Orton has gotten over as with an with a well, that's a pretty iconic finisher though. And a good finisher. That's for, an iconic finisher. The uh I just for the record, my wrestler on the slide was the way uh a little confused with the NC uh NXT tag team women's division. I, I kind of thought that was gonna be a little bit more of a belt that was just held a little bit longer. It seems to have been kind of hot potatoed several times. I'm very happy with who they got. Obviously, this means EO is not coming up anytime soon, which again, 
I'm so worried about what they're going to do with her when she gets to the main roster, staying in NXT as long as she can. But it, it still was interesting. The face of the week, I think it has to be Hangman Page. A, a week after, I, I did not like, uh, you know, what they did, where, you know, basically Omega punked him. I mean, in front of the Dark Order, and, and he punked him, and especially the fact that he was upset uh, that, you know, the Dark Order was basically sticking up for him and, you know, believing in him. Um, but then for him to show up this week, the parallels to one year ago today, which I, I did not know that, that's the stuff that AEW, you know, you can tell that they have both wrestlers and writers that are fans who, you know, understand how cool we find callbacks like that. Um, and I think the bigger question, I know Sam will get into it for the storylines, you know, you, you need to pay attention to, but it, it feels like they're moving towards Hangman dethroning Omega. And not only because I've been disappointed in Omega's title run, just as a whole, but also I just think that that would be the spark that you need. It could open up down the road, you know, MJF and other guys, you know, challenging for the title, even taking it. He just, to me, he felt like a legit world champion, uh, at least contender in that segment. I thought it was well done. He's my face of the week. Sam, that was yours as well, right? Yes. And I'm, I'll get into it more with the storylines. You should know uh, sort of my feelings about, I, listen, it, <laughs> yes, my dad is not a billionaire and didn't give me a hundred million dollars <laughs> to start my own company, but I'm in a fantasy book anyway at the end. Um, RC let me talk on this podcast, damn it. And that's just his special to me <laughs> uh, the 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 moment with the fans i mean he's hugely over oh yeah i for storyline purposes i'll get into my feelings about it but i i just thought that it was a great moment i thought that it's, it's, when he wins it's going to be huge it's going to be amazing and i almost wanted to go unanimous but since i didn't go with the promo uh i said bianca belair this week uh, simply just for her work with Bailey. Uh, I'm again, I know we've mentioned this on the podcast before, putting Bianca with two of the best that they have to offer to start out her championship run is doing amazing work at solidifying her. And the way she enticed Bailey into an I quit match was just just beautiful work. I'm so proud of the growth and just the work she's putting in right now. So Bianca Belair was my face of the week. Quick side tangent. The Bailey NWO video posted with her as Scott Hall was A, just really cool. If you hadn't seen it, check it out. I guess it was a TikTok video, I think. B, Bailey's fine. Like, Bailey is getting hotter and hotter. I would, you know, it, it's special when you cut your hair short as a female and you only get more attractive. I feel like Bailey's been that way. And just something about like her with that toothpick, I was like, man, I'm a little confused in my feelings right now, uh, <laughs> Bailey. The uh, but she looked great. I love that. You know, I think they sometimes overdo that with the anniversary for the original NWO formation. But I, I did like a lot of the, the the photos and stuff and videos that they posted of the, you know, new people in NWO. But let's let's just get a little, you know, let's. Some of them were better than others. When you got John Morrison in the Miz. Uh, and NWO shirts and uh, Ray the, rocking the, the LWO. Yeah, I was gonna say that the, that was pretty cool. And but like Liv Morgan, it's like really like some of these people would not have been NWO. Um, well, Liv Morgan was 
born, I think, the year the NWO there started. There you go. I was going to say, exactly. Uh, oh. The heel of the week, I think this is what they wanted. Some people have gotten frustrated. Mine's the Young Bucks. They have... Mm through consistency and booking and just their obnoxiousness, you know, and I include the trolling on the internet and everything. They have just listened to that crowd reaction. And, and again, this is where we, you know, question obviously fairly, who's going to be over? Who's going to get booed? Who's going to get cheered? What, what's been working? They were booing the crap out of them at the end of that tag team championship match. And I think it just shows that what they're doing is working and we're leading to a moment. And I, I'm not sure who the tag team is yet that's going to dethrone them. Hopefully it's not Moxley and Kingston. But there's going to be a moment down the road. I said that for you, Sam. There's going to be a moment down the road where a tag team is going to get over them. Maybe even the come-ups comes where it's both the Young Bucks and Omega lose them the same night. Imagine. And booked the world champion as strong as the tag champs exactly well and i mean not only that just again to me though this is where i feel like that a lot of the stuff the young bucks has been have been doing has worked to where omega is not and i do agree with you, the booking has been different and that's 100 percent fair but i also just think that the young bucks have been so over the top that for the first few months i hated it i was just like god these guys are so freaking annoying and then you realize kind of like i did with baron corbin back in the day and some of these just heels that they just understand how to piss you I'm off. I'm trying to and do Exactly. This. And that's what you want. So uh, they're doing great work. And I, I can't wait to see kind of where this goes with them. Who you got, guys? Uh, first and foremost, um, I do agree with you, man. The Bucks were absolutely fantastic. And I think it, their heel work uh, took away from some of the things that they weren't so crisp in the ring. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, what better way to take it off of them is when Ray Phoenix, hopefully, you know, he'll be cleared from injury soon. That's probably the back, correct answer and we right do, there. Uh, Lucha Brothers, that would be fantastic. Um, my heel of the week was Dan Lambert from American Top Team going in and cutting a promo and a uh, big shout out to Jay Gill, who, you know, says that uh, Dan Lambert uh, has touched in the pro wrestling uh field before so he knows how to draw the heat and he did he cut a great promo got the crowd to boo him with and then you know they got Lance Archer to come in and do the cleanup but it was just a great thing to do in front of your first real live audiences to get somebody to come from the outside draw some heat on him to prop up the company uh mine is the new million dollar man that was great uh Yes. Mm. Uh, Great match, too. How did we not see this coming, that Cameron Grimes was going to be the butler? Like, for real, this has been such a great storyline and proof that a non-major storyline, you know, to the Attitude Era kind of deal, can be great and be what it is. Throw. It's a great throwback. It's going to get grimy over to the moon. He's great. He. I mean, he's so fun. Uh, and it really was. It's just like, I love all of it. I think it's so like. Is he kind of a modern day Foley without the, you know, all the, obviously the bumps and stuff. Cause you, you kind of get a little bit of that where he's charming. He's weird. He's funny. You know, at first I really couldn't stand him. And then after a while, it's like, you know what? This dude knows what he wants to do with his character. It, it's definitely grown on me. 
It's definitely, and I love his catchphrase. He's <laughs> like, he's all in. Like, we're not the, having a impersonation of it, Sam. Come on, to the moon. <laughs> Uh, it, it is it's just fun man and like there's going to be a point where like it's not going to be a problematic virgil type thing where he's going to like flip on him and it's going to kick ass all right so we're going to skip the promo of the week because we want to make sure we get to the match and storyline I'll, I'll go with my match first msk retaining the tag titles versus champa and thatcher i could watch champa in tag team matches and single matches, as long as for a title or of significance, I just feel like there's nobody in NXT that makes matches seem more important and just more physical. And I think that just MSK getting this win over them is so huge because the one thing, you know, it's almost kind of like that sports team that, you know, maybe they win in shootouts, you know, for an NFL team, if you're going to go that analogy, you know, they're a dome team, but occasionally you got to go out in that, you know, freezing snow and and a nasty field where it's going to hurt to hit and you got to play smash mouth football. And that's what it feels like, in my opinion, when you take on Champa and this kind of match, is it just, you earn your victory. I felt like they earned it. I I've been really impressed with them. They continue to grow on me. I, I love this match. Give me Champa all day long in these situations. I like the pairing with him with Thatcher. I hope this is in the end. Uh, that was my match of the week. Yeah, kudos to Tommaso and, and Timothy Thatcher putting those kids over. And those they did do a great job. I, too, wasn't really all that sold on them. And I, I think I'm going to have to kind of change my mind on them. Mine was the last man standing match with, Kyle, with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I just like the fact that it was a last man standing match, not a non-pay-per-view. They didn't overdo the brutality. There was only a couple of real major spots, and they used one major spot to end the match. So I, I thought it was a great job, especially for a Friday night show. Would they not be on the short list if, you know, how you get the thing where you're on a deserted island and you can only watch, like, one or two movies or TV shows in the time? I think if I could only watch like one or two wrestlers wrestle for the end of time, KO and Sami Zayn would be a good place to start. Yeah. Not a bad choice. I I went with uh, O'Reilly versus Cole, um, which is, this is going to be a deep cut. That's like Jason Gilmartin's going to be like, yes, yes, I do see this. Uh, They broke into ring of honor together as future shock Cole and O'Reilly. So it was a very nice uh, throwback. Uh, I thought it was a great match. I thought that O'Reilly's very quietly established himself as a single star. Uh, and I think he'd be a great North American champion. All right. Storylines you need to know. Sam, you got two minutes. I want to hear about this hangman page. Let's go. I actually, with the story that they've been telling, I want him to lose to because I don't think that Kenny, you, uh, you, you made a good point. Omega's storyline just. He, it's going to be a really big deal when he wins. And I think him losing to some sort of chicanery, please not anybody interfering. Like, just let Kenny kick him in the dick or hit him with a title. Or ass knuckles, for God's sakes. Anything that just, like, doesn't allow him, that, that is, lets Kenny get over him and has the Dark Order back him up and be like, listen, man, like, you can do it. You were almost there. He couldn't beat you clean. And then down the line, six months, you keep having Sammy, uh, keep having uh, Kenny get over and beat people so that it is a big fucking deal. Have Hangman go on a tear 
win matches, show that he's, you know, that he has the Dark Order at his back, he can do it, and have him eventually beat Kenny Omega in what will be a massive deal. He has such That's a special my connection with fans. It, 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 it's sort of mind-blowing when you see, because, I mean, with all this time, he was so overwrite when we went into the pandemic and we went away from crowds. And then he was he got the biggest pop again, you know, coming right out of it. it it's almost hard to describe how over it is. He just makes that connection. I love Hangman. I think everybody does. It, and it, he's it's working great gift. psychology, too, mm-hmm. like – especially with the facial expressions you can still see he's a little uneasy about himself but like he's getting there so i completely co-sign what you were just saying sammy what's your storyline there rana well it obviously looks like cody is going to be the one to put over malachi black wait a minute what'd you say it's going to be cody to defeat malachi black right off the bat is that what you meant (laughs) (laughs) who uh, what type of matches uh, are you looking most forward to? Like, what kind of programs? Um, I, I saw a few uh, talking about El Diablo, right? Like, let him, let him and Andrade like tear the house down, right? That's Absolutely. where we gotta go. Um, people say that they are clamoring for a rematch with him in uh, the Bastard Pac now. Oh, that would be amazing too. So yeah, I'm just totally stoked about the the possibilities of what he can do in ring uh i can honestly care less about if his character gets anything more than what it was or if he's just a psych patient uh on a serious power trip i don't care just get it in the ring let me see let me see what happens so finally for the storylines you need to pay attention to minus who's going to win the men's and women's briefcase we're, we're close to money in the bank we have several really dominant champions think about this we have bianca belair we have, I mean, if you want to include Rhea Ripley in this, and then you have Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. So what direction are they going to go? Are they going to go with the heel who is going to be the most opportunistic with, you know, using the briefcase, winning the title? Are they going to go with an up and coming face? Like somebody like, you know, Biggie or somebody like that that is eventually going to challenge Roman Reigns or Bobby Lashley and on a big stage win. But I just feel like because of who the champions are, the fact we're going into crowds, I mean, SummerSlam is going to be in Vegas. Like, it's a bigger money in the bank than just your average run-of-the-mill year. Yeah, I still feel that, you know, like you guys always say, just because it's predictable doesn't mean it's bad. I, I still feel that Big E has got to be the front runner to do it. And, yeah, he's going to hold on to that briefcase most likely until after Royal Rumble. And hell, maybe after the Rumble winner declares who they're going to challenge, maybe he'll be the one to challenge the other. Or he'll win. Uh, or he'll win the you know win it that night, and Kofi will win, and he'll cash in on Kofi. All right, uh, qu- quickly, you guys got any plug uh, thing you need to plug before we get out of? Um, just the the Team Turnbuckle Podcast Network and the Patreon. Right now. Yeah, um, the IB Sports um, group, the IB Entertainment, um, you know, just follow the mothership, like Sammy said, uh, the IB Sports Patreon, you know, all-star package is definitely worth it. Uh, just the ability to find and um, mute players, especially this past week in the group has been just some of the most entertaining stuff on, on Facebook right now. And remember that you can post on Wednesdays, another can't, so that's another benefit, but... 
Again, we want you to be sure to follow the IV Sports Podcast Network, iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. For the dynamic trio, 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 I am your host, Chief Keith Fleming, Ravishing Ron L. Tinsley, Sam the Shooter Howell, Team Turnbuckle. We'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us on this episode.